Our reality is but a dimension, the uppermost layer in a tower of mirrors. Beneath it are the many reflections cast by our reality, similar but not entirely the same. A staggering number of worlds, lands beneath a dark sun, a world of three moons forsaken by the gods, realms long forgotten, and countless thousands more. You are about to enter one such reflection, a world still recovering from a magical apocalypse, a place where magic is regulated, goblins trade their wares throughout the lands, and the north is dominated by giants. Today, the sun rises over Hymirin and the Wilderin. This is An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. And now, Chapter 11 of An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. In the distance, you hear a horn sound. From the forest, you hear an otherworldly baying, not unlike the baying of hunting dogs, yet very different. Baying grows louder and closer. We have a couple choices. We go deeper into the forest and hide ourselves, or we climb a tree and hide ourselves, or we stand and find out what this is. I am going to unsheath my longbow just in case. Do we take a moment, check the map, and then double time it? Check. No. Well, check the map real quick so we can double time in a, a uh, purposeful direction. Yeah. Uh, by all means, as you do so, I will pull and string my bow. And I will cast Pass Without Trace amongst on us. So nice. if we are being chased, they can't track us. Hell yeah. Mokui, can I borrow you for uh, cartography assistance? Yes. <laughs> That'll be a 24. Natural one. <laughs> <laughs> the bane has moved to that side of the table. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I just find it amazing. It just keeps hanging over there. <laughs> it's, it's going diagonal. It went from me to yep. Ben and your next sin. Uh-oh. Moving in a demonic star for- formation. Oh, I got the map backwards, so I'm looking at the oh, no, back of the map down. trying to figure out what it is. No, I'm no, just going to take it and flip it around. <laughs> Hold it up to the sun. It's faded. <laughs> you, you aren't even looking at the map. You're looking at the back of the map. <laughs> Why are you checking the map? Just out of curiosity. I have no idea. Make sure we're on the right, right path and right direction. <laughs> just so he never has to be asked, have you been looking at the map? The baying begins to grow louder. You can hear snapping of twigs and rustling of leaves and underbrush behind you. Well, let's move. What do these animals sound like as we're moving? They sound almost dog-like, but yet there's something different Okay. about the baying. So we'll move deeper into the forest, and with any luck, Mokwe's spell will help give us a little little bit of a, an advantage in hiding. Andrew rolls up or furls the map and uh, strings his bow real quick. Hey, you get a plus ten to all your uh, dexterity stealth checks. Dash is Thank heading you. for higher ground. Plus ten to all dexterity stealth checks. Yep. Cool. Impressive. For an hour. Is there a concentration on that? Yes. Soon you see individuals emerge from the forest into a small clearing. They begin to drop to their knees and sniff at the ground. One of them remains standing and is smelling the air. And then he lets out a howl, and they begin to skulk through the woods towards you, past a set of ruins, a fallen log with mushrooms growing on it, by it, and out of it, 
it's clear that they are on the hunt for you, having caught your scent, but having difficulty in ascertaining which direction you went in. Moments later, a larger creature emerges. It's almost octopus-like, but it is upright. One massive eye in the center. It moves along these green tentacles. It's a very unnerving and unnatural sight. What are you going to do? We keep going. Yeah, we're going to keep moving. Are you walking? Are you running? Are you something in between, a light jog? Well, running would uh, negate the spell effects, I would think. So, no? No, because we can't even be, uh, unless it's magical means, that's the only way we can be tracked. Okay, then we'll we'll move it haste as a group. Do we need to roll the stealth checks? Yeah. When he calls for him, yes. When he calls for him, yes. But you're at plus 10. They begin to fan out, no longer baying. It's unclear what was doing the bang, whether it was the humanoid shapes that emerged from the forest into the clearing, or if it was a large octopus-like creature. But it remains standing and stationary, and the others crouch low and begin to fan out as though they're hunting you. We're going to keep an eye on these things. If they're spreading out, that gives us a little bit of an advantage. But in the meantime, we're going to keep moving. And if they're tracking us, they're going to be moving slower than us. We know where we're going that away. Uh, they don't know which way we're going, so we should be able to put a, some distance between us and them, and that's what we're going to try to do. No problem. I'll flip around, face the back, and just keep an eye considering I'm just riding Madri anyways. I keep up a running commentary on where they are. Give me a round of stealth checks, please, starting with earring. 21. With Long your one. plus 10? With my plus 10. Okay. And my plus 4. 16. Madri? And plus 15 for a... 24. 24. 32. And Dash, I will not require one from you. You continue to move through the forest. You know these things are behind you. You just can't hear them. Eventually, you see one atop a log. begin sniffing the air. It was the one that was standing in the first place when you first saw them. And it starts to howl. The others in turn howl, and then they start running in your direction. You don't know if they've seen you. You're confident they certainly haven't heard you, because you haven't heard you either. Mokwe. If we attack, does it negate the effects of the spell? Only if I stop concentrating on it. What if one of us fans off to one side, fires an arrow, and then rejoins the group? Be a good diversion. I'm willing to do so. So I'm going to peel off from the group. Not too worried about it because I probably have the worst as far as stealth is concerned. Make sure I can have a rough idea because once I leave the the influence of the spell, I'm going to have to come on back. They're going to have to draw me in, I think. But that's how I understand it. Dash, keep an eye on him. And I'm going to peel off 150 yards or so, get ready a couple arrows, and as soon as I see one of them in an open field of view, I'm going to fire a couple arrows at him and then make haste back to the group. You find a a spot Mm -hmm. nearby a fallen tree. There's several large pieces of the trunk of the tree in the area, and you feel like it would give you appropriate cover while still not hindering your attack. The creature comes into view under a tree. It's dressed in ragged furs, as though it killed an animal, skinned it, and just made holes in it to hide and draped it over its head. Gee, that's barbaric. I'm glad I don't know anyone that does that. (laughs) It's not a faceless one. It's similar to what that creature was that hunted you in the swamp in appearance, though not as large. It's still thickly built, but it's more squat in appearance. Okay. If I have the opportunity, then I'm going to loose an arrow. It begins searching the area, 
looking for some telltale signs of your passage, sniffing the air. Hopefully I'm going to try to do so while his head is down, uh, less likely to see where the arrow is coming from by movement of the, the bow and whatnot. So that's going to be a 24 to hit. That is a good hit. And that is going to be eight points of damage. The creature howls. Ah! Arrow launched. The arrow protrudes from its shoulder. It pulls the arrow free, howling again. And then you can hear the bang of the others. I'm going to move slightly further away from the group and use the opportunity to wait to set, you know, using cover. And as soon as, I don't care if it's him or any other, as soon as an opportunity presents itself, <clears throat> excuse me, to loosen another arrow, I'll do so. Make a stealth check, please. That's uh, an 11. Like I said, I'm not very stealthy. <laughs> And if they do see me, I'm not overly concerned because the whole idea is to be a distraction. There's a moment where you're slinking through the underbrush and then you step on a dried twig. There's a crack and the creature stops. Its head whips around to the bush that you're in. You're not sure if it sees you, but you could see its nostrils flare as it scans the area looking for your scent. It lets out a howl and the others turn the call. You're crashing in the woods. The moment I get any kind of, if it lifts its head to howl, if it turns its head like it's looking for the others, the moment it does so, I'm going to quickly rise, loose another arrow, and then, then freeze again. Looking for an opportunity so it doesn't see my movement. I don't worry about when the arrow is in the air. I worry about him seeing me stand up and take the shot. I'll do so once again. That is going to be an 18. 18 hits. That's only going to be four points of damage. And then I'm going to move straight away from them. And as soon as I can find any kind of rise or cover, move my way back to where I think the group is heading. The creature howls as your second arrow strikes it, and then it leaps into motion. Okay. It drops to all fours and starts moving at incredible speed towards the direction that you're in. Okay. Looks like they've got sent to something. I'll be dashing. You can hear the others baying. The thrill of the hunt is on. Matry is intensely worried for his brother as they're trucking along. He hears Dash. Dash is warning of that they found something or that they're chasing something and is starting to get worried. So you move back in the direction of your companions. Well, not immediately. I'm going to move directly away from them. Directly away from, from them. From them, so they'll follow me. As soon as I get a dip or some kind of heavy cover, then I'm going to make a, a sharp turn back towards where my party where I think my party is going to be, because they're going to hopefully continue to move. And they're moving at a, a stealthy rate. I'm dashing, so I should be able to catch up to them and get at least close enough where they can see me. I'm probably not going to see them because I'm out of the effects of the spell. At least I believe so. But they should see me and then draw me in. Yeah, because so. stealth is half move and then you're dashing, which Correct. is Correct, but I had to stop. Forward. I went off and I have to come back to you and I had to stop and cover. and So you've got a head start, but I should be able to catch up to you at some point. But I'm going to use the terrain as best I can to make my turn. I want them to continue in a straight line until they realize, oh, wait a minute, the scent has changed. Any pause that I can get out of them in doing so will give me an opportunity to you know regain the rest of the party. So you dash through the woods, launching yourself over logs or under logs, depending on how they're laying in the forest. The creatures are howling in delight. Occasionally, you'll catch a glimpse of one on all fours. These are bipedal creatures, but now they're running on all fours, and they seem to be doing just as well on, on all fours as they would on two legs. It's a very unnatural sight to see, but they're moving at an incredible speed. Occasionally, you will catch a glimpse of the one that you initially saw that was searching for your scent, for the scent of the party. 
He'll stand on a mushroom or a fallen log, a higher point in the forest, and will stand there, nostrils flaring, looking for your scent. Every time he stops, I gain a couple more feet. And just for nothing, I, I rolled a 21 on my acrobatics to make sure I can get over and over under these logs. Do we have eyes on uh, Longway as he's coming back? Not yet. The only one I think that would be able to see him, unless you two are actively looking for him as well, would be Dash. I'm just eyes forward and trying to make sure we stay in the, the correct path. Well, if we can't hear ourselves moving, surely you can hear the things around us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you can hear them very clearly. They're not making any attempt to be silent. And if they are, they're failing miserably. They're crashing through the woods. But we might hear something approaching. Yes. We interrupt this podcast of an acorn journey to talk about our sponsor. Are you a veteran DM with more campaign ideas than prep time? Yeah, of course you are. Aren't we all? Does your party have a habit of going to the person or place that you would least expect? If they're like my group, they sure do. What if I were to tell you that I could put a team of professional writers alongside you at your desk to cut down on your campaign prep? What if I were to tell you that you could bring them along with you at your game sessions for when those pesky players go off the rails. Sounds pretty good, huh? With Describe, we can do just that. These narratives vividly describe monsters, places, spells, people, you name it. It's there. And there are more than 6,000 of these easy-to-search-up, copy-and-pastable, beautifully written narratives right at your fingertips. I've been running games for the better part of 40 years, and I must admit, I've gotten a bit lazy. I just don't have the time I used to. And I've been using Terrain, which is minimizing my need for descriptive narratives. Stuff is right out there in front of you. Why describe it? When I was prepping for an Acorns journey, a DMD story, I used Describe quite a bit. When you listen, you can hear it. One of the things I like the most about Describe is that if the narrative doesn't fit perfectly with your encounter, it's easy to modify while still sounding really good. I did that an awful lot. I think this makes the more than 6,000 narratives that they have available for you even more valuable. It almost doubles what you have at your fingertips. You should give it a shot. Describe has graciously provided us with a discount for our listeners. Head on over to describe.com backslash DMD. That's D-S-C-R-Y-B dot com backslash DMD. Use the code DMD at checkout to try Describe for two weeks free. Links will be in the show notes. And now, back to an acorn's journey, a DMD story. Longway, you lead them off for about 20 minutes. They seem to be keeping up with you fairly well, though they are still far behind you. Well, I expected that much. The whole idea was to draw them off from the group, and, and hopefully I'm looking for something that could possibly be used as a method to draw them off. If I come across a small stream or something like that, I think I might quickly just tear a piece of, of my shirt off along the hem. You know, as I'm going, I'm going to pick up a stick or grab a stick, a, you know, a snap a stick off. I mean, I'm dashing. I'm not being quiet either. Off a branch, wrap the cloth around it. And if I hit a piece of a stream or something like that, just drop the cloth and the stick into the water because uh, that will hopefully be flowing a different direction and may confuse them enough where it's leaving a scent trail, because I'm probably sweating like crazy. It's going to leave a scent trail, and it'll be enough of it above the water to hopefully you know, produce that scent trail, heading a different direction. And then they have to decide which way they're going to go. Maybe they'll split. 
whatever I can do to slow them down and hopefully divide them up. So that's my plan. The rest of you who are continuing on the path you were initially on while keeping your eyes open for long way, give me your passive perception. 13. 13. 12. 15. 14. Mokui, you're scanning the area a little unnerved by these unnatural baying noises, these creatures that are hunting you, having had a pretty poor experience with the last one that you encountered. So you're nervously scanning the area. You're looking for cover. You're looking for a canopy to hide in, if you will. You catch a glimpse of the octopus-like creature atop one of the taller trees. Its tentacled limbs are wrapped around the trunk of the tree and pushing aside branches as its one eye scans the area. And I'll just keep an eye on it as we're, as we're moving. It appears to be looking in the direction of your party at this point in time. And I'll turn to Madre and say, we're being watched, and I'll point up as I'm running behind me and have him loop so I get his attention. How you can cast Fog Cloud, correct? Another concentration spell. Okay. I thought of it. How far away can you cast that? You can cast it up to 30 feet away, um, but it does like a 20-yard circumference. You could use that as a distraction. I could. Like, away from us. Yeah. I'm just going to verify that. It's a 20-foot radius sphere. Uh, up to 120 feet away. Oh. But we lose our pass without a trace. We would, but it would also act as a distraction. How far do we think the, the pursuers are away from us? The pursuers are pretty far away from you. You're not too sure how far, but you think you've gone quite a distance. There's... A, a substantial distance between your group and Longway. As a ranger? As, as a ranger, you would guess maybe a quarter of a mile, perhaps more. Okay. I think, given my skills and abilities, that we are far enough away that passing without a trace is not as beneficial. Worth giving up. Okay. And it might allow Longway to pick up something from us to, to better guide them to us. Worst comes to worst, we leave a scent trail that we're going to... Uh, disappear from very quickly. All right, so point out where you think I should drop this. Where is the giant tentacle monster as opposed to us? It is not far from the area in which you first witnessed it. Direction? South. South. And long ways off to the west? East. He's Yeah, east. he's in, in more of a northeasterly direction. He's more in a northeasterly direction. That's off to the south. And so his pursuers are probably more off to the east. East, northeast. All right, so drop it east, southeast. So I'll drop it uh, east, southeast. So you drop your pass without a trace. Yep. No, fog cloud. Well, I'm, I got to drop pass without oh, a okay, trace. Okay, to yeah, drop, yeah, yeah. drop the fog cloud. And then you're dropping the fog cloud where you are now or somewhere behind you? Somewhere is behind us. Okay. And are you putting it up? Are you able to put it up or does it have to be on the ground? I do have to have it centered on a point within range, so. There's several points. Yeah. You know, trees. I'll just find shrubs. Know, a tree. Halfway yeah. up the tree. Pass without trace drops. You're much louder than you were. You're noticeably louder, even though you're still trying to stay as quiet as possible moving through the forest. The fog begins to swirl around the tree, the gold leaf tree that you selected. It swirls for a moment and then begins to expand slowly until the uppermost part of the tree is engulfed in this cloud-like formation of fog. You hear a piercing cry 
was emitted from the octopus-like creature. How it did that, you don't know. It, there was no discernible mouth, but it was such that birds took flight and then right after the forest grew silent. The baying followed shortly after, and you can hear the thing crashing down through the branches and making its way through the forest towards the fog. Long way, you come to a stream. As you're running alongside the stream, you're tearing free a piece of your shirt to drop into the stream. You're able to easily remove that piece, drop it into the stream, and then continue your run. Moments later, the hunting creatures burst into that small clearing where the stream was running through, where you threw the piece of your shirt in, and one of them stops, nostrils flaring, sniffing the air. It points off in the direction of, that the stream is running in, and they begin to proceed in that direction. At that point, I'm going to make the sharp cut back towards where I think my group is going to be, wondering and hoping I can find them. Can he hear us running through the woods now? I'm a quarter mile away. I'm not going to hear you. Yeah. If you were closer, you would be able to hear some of you. Andrew makes quite a bit of noise. So, he clumps. So, so, so. I will slow my move to a uh, regular move so I can be a little more stealthy. Allow them to follow the scent as opposed to the noise that I'm crashing through the woods. And that's... Rap actually made a stealth check. Oh, that was a, a dirty 20. Ooh, dirty 20 <laughs> works. You slink through the forest, moving back towards the direction your party was going in. East is a fair bet. There is a point in time where you see large tree enshrouded in fog. The octopoid creature is skulking through the forest. Very easy to see because of its massive size and its unnatural movements. Its one eye is scanning the area. Well, I'll continue with my stealthy moves and head the direction. I, if they drop that and I don't think they're in it, there would be no reason for them to be in it. And I know Mulquay uses it often as a diversion. We've done it several times in the past, so I'm going to go around that and give this whole area a wide berth and keep moving the, you know, the direction beyond it that I hope my party's in. Make another stealth check. That's an 18. You steal yourself and begin to slink around the creature, giving it as wide berth as you can while still being able to effectively maintain cover. That one massive eye keeps scanning the area. If it looks like it's turning my way, I will stop to afford less movement. Once it continues to scan, I'll keep going. I mean, obviously, it's going to you know, hurt my movement, but that's okay. I'd rather be slower and not seen than quick and spotted. There are a few tense moments where the eye falls upon you, and you stop, trying to make yourself as small as possible, certain that the creature's seen you, but then the eye continues to scan, and you begin to move moments later. There's some advantages to being a giant lizard. Partial camouflage, maybe? You continue in an easterly direction, hoping to meet up with your group. Again, the eye stops, seemingly on you, and you dip behind a rock formation. Peering out from behind the rock, the creature's still looking in your direction, and then it begins to scan. I'm going to wait a moment this time and see if it quickly returns back to my area, and if not, then I will, I'll continue moving. It scans back to your area for a moment, and then begins to scan again. When you get ready to leave and continue your easterly direction, you hear a voice that says, It hunts you, but it doesn't know that I hunt it. Unnerving as usual, because I really dislike people talking in my head. This was not in your head. Oh. This was, you heard a voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gee, that's 
a little less unnerving. I'm going to scan <laughs> the area. As if someone you... whispered into your ear. Well, I'm going to scan the area you know, about me. It was a whisper. Hopefully it was relatively close and see if I can see who had this voice. In my... It was as close as someone would have to be to whisper in your ear. Yeah. So I'm going to slowly scan right next to me and see... You know, maybe if, as long as I'm behind the rock and they can't see the movement, stretch my arm out. At, you know, because I know that with through magical means you can make yourself unseen. So I'm gonna like reach out as to, you know and see if there's anyone magically hiding right next to me. <laughs> you you feel around, you look around, and you cannot see anybody anywhere. At, at that point, I'm just gonna go happy hunting, and I'm gonna wait for my opportunity. And I'm gonna move as you scan, say happy hunting, and turn around check your cover, check to see where the creature is. As you dip out from behind the rock and dip back in, you notice a pair of black eyes looking at you, peering at you through the stone, a stony face staring down at you. Okay. Enemy of my enemy is my friend? Yes. Do you need assistance? In killing the creatures, yes, I do. They had slain my mate. Is vengeance I seek. Are you waiting in the ambush? Yes. One by one, I will take them, and I will crush them between my weight. Well, the small ones have been hopefully temporarily let off, and will eventually realize it is a ruse and come back this way. I need to get around this big one and join the rest of my group. Uh, I will do so as stealthily as possible, allow you to hunt, or would you prefer me to try to draw the big one in towards me so that you can attack? You have allies? I do. They will continue to hunt you until you are all dead. Summon your allies, and we will take them. I, at the moment, have no way to summon my allies, for I don't know where they are. Shy of literally calling out to them. But that will call all the, the creatures to us. And that is not a one by one. There's a many against many, and many against few until my group gets here. But a glorious battle it will be, and I will have my vengeance. I saw you pay homage to my fallen mate. You left your stones. We did. Then they hunt you for some nefarious purpose. They killed her for sport. They hunt us because we are traveling with someone who needs protection and needs to be delivered to another place. Then let us dispatch the enemies, and then you shall deliver whatever it is you carry safely. I'm going to slowly peek around Mr. Talking Rock and see where the octopus is at the moment. It has moved on. Which direction? In a somewhat easterly direction. Okay. So it's... It will occasionally stop and scan the area. Occasionally you will see it atop a tree. Can you travel? Of course. Quickly? I can travel. Then maybe we should, while that one's heading this direction and the rest are somewhere behind us, if we travel closer to my group, it'd be easier to gather them in. Then lead me to your group. Then I will head in a easterly direction as well, but... I know the group isn't going true east. They're heading northeast. At least that's last I seen them, so that's the direction we're going to head. Approximately how long has it been since Longway's been away? It's been a, about an hour. This is not good, Madri. We should hold and maybe backtrack a bit. We don't see any indication that they're still following us, correct? You don't. Occasionally, now that you're aware that the creature climbs trees, the octopoid thing, Mokui will scan the treetops and the canopy, which has caused you to have to stop and take cover a few times. But you haven't heard the baying closely in a very long time. You hear it occasionally 
in the distance, but haven't heard it as close as it was before. So perhaps Longway has led them very far off your trail, but if that is the case, then it is him against all of those creatures. I know he can handle himself in a fight, but we should still backtrack a bit to give him an easier way of finding us. Agreed. Maybe there's one, two, three, four, five of us. I mean, if we spread out 30 feet apart... The child taps you on your arm. Turn to the child. Raises five fingers, one at a time, and then a sixth. Five of us that are here presently. One, two, three, four, five. Long way is not with us right now. She puts the finger down, but then shakes the hecla and makes makes a movement with it as if she's attacking or as if it's attacking something. Yes, but we need to try and figure out where long way is first. So if we spread out 30 feet apart from a line, that's a 150-foot line that long way could come into contact with us. I will take one end with the child 30 feet away from me. I'll be 30, away to feet. I'll be 30 feet away from the child. I'll take the far wing, far right wing. Dash, she'll be between Moqui and Madri. Yep. Just slowly make our way back through the woods, looking for any trace of our, our companion. So we're going to cast basically a 150-foot wide net stationary to where we were. Okay. So you spread out, taking in your positions, being watchful for the tentacled creature. Dash is going to climb up a tree and make his pathway flying squirrel style, tree trunk to tree trunk. In which direction? Same direction that the rest of the line is going. So are you at, at one of the two ends? I'm, in, I'm, I'm one of the uh, people in the middle. In the middle? So you fan out, trying to be as quiet as possible. You hear baying again far off in the distance. You crouch, waiting. Long way, you and the, the rock creature begin to move. Occasionally it'll stop and kneel down and you'll take cover behind it. When it does, it looks just like a massive boulder or pile of boulders. It's got moss and lichen growing on it. Twigs and small, small stones caught within the recesses of what you imagine are its joints. When it stands, it makes what you think is a terribly loud crunching noise. Things, stones and the whatnot fall from it. But the octopoid creature doesn't seem to have noticed. Hopefully by now we've got what kind of pace is the octopus? I mean, if you stop in the climb trees and whatnot, I mean, we can continue to move. I can continue to use the rock as cover. Nice having portable cover. And we hopefully we can flank it at some point. It's not pursuing. It's searching. So it's moving considerably slower than, than you and your companion. It will stop and climb a tree. It doesn't take very long for it to do so because of its large size and the length of it. its tentacles, but... Still, it is easy for you to outdistance it because it is not giving chase. It's scanning. Well, while it's scanning, obviously, we'll take our cover. Um, I will suggest to my companion, do you have a name? As we're crouched once again. My name is Gorham. Gorham, I am Longway. I am honored to make your acquaintance, Longway. Gorham, the honor is mine as well. At some point, we're going to hopefully find my group. As we do so, I think I will step out and attack the creature. The others are a long ways away. If we can dispatch this large one before the smaller ones get here, number one, they won't have a leader. I assume this one's the leader. And he will have known reinforcements here quickly. Make it much easier to dispatch the small ones as they close in. So I will step up with my bow and attack it. 
and try to draw it closer to you. And as we attack it, I'm going to assume my party will see the combat and join the fray. This is a good plan. So we'll keep moving until I can see movement or hear a whistle or see somebody. And at that point, I will I'll make sure Gorham is positioned and I will use him as a cover and back away, keeping Gorham between me and the octopus. It's going to, I'm sure, at some point, alert the others. But I hopefully I put enough distance where we can dispatch this one before they get here. And then we'll contend with them. You can't help but feel a kinship with this creature long way, having heard that he lost his mate and you having lost your your family in its entirety mm-hmm. many years before you traveled to the continent of Kern and eventually found your way to the Wilderin with Madri. So your plan is to attack the creature via your bow when it gets within range, correct? Yes. Once it gets even closer than that still, if I think I can maneuver and continue to use the bow, I'll do so. Otherwise, I'll draw my sword and go from there. But in the meantime, the bow is going to be my primary means of attack, especially because of its size. When the opportunity presents itself, you rise from behind Gorham and you fire. Okay. I'm going to do that when I'm pretty sure I see at least one of my party members or have been contacted. That's what I'm waiting for. We're going to keep, uh, we're going okay. to keep moving and maintain flank on this creature. Who is at either end of your net? Madri and Earring. 15, maybe 20 minutes more, although it feels considerably longer. Could be an hour. You, Longway, notice out of the corner of your eye while scanning the area, crouched behind Gorum, you see the, the blue of Earring's toque peeking through some underbrush. Right next to it, you can see the protruding Hecla that the child was carrying. Then I know the group is here. Then hopefully they're going to take from my cue. I'm going to wait till the creature is not looking my direction, and I'm going to step back away from Gorm. So Gorm is between me and it, and I'm going to draw it, not hopefully not towards the party. I want the party to be able to flank and or come in from behind it, hopefully unseen so they can get some attacks in. Back away from Gorm in the direction away from the group, and hopefully when it chases me and I keep retreating, it'll once again put Gorm in a position to ambush. And the party will do what the party does. But I will step back, and then once it turns my direction, I will loose an arrow. Do I hear this? Do I hear Longway movement? Do I hear Gorm's movement? Are you actively searching? Yes. yes. Give me an investigation check. Ten. Ten. There's, there's movement out there. You don't know if it's Longway or not. But you have a pretty good idea of what the direction it came from is. I'll uh, make some warning whistles. So you hear you hear a bird call. It's a it's not a bird that you've heard in the wilderness before. You're not even sure if it's a bird call, but it sounds like a bird. Madri hearing this at the end stops and starts making his way towards the sound of the bird. It's easily recognizable as one of Earring's regular calls. He starts make, uh, making his way that direction. That way, group the party together. You hear that as well, long way. That's just confirmation. I'm not reacting to it. I have a plan in motion, and I'm going to... And if they start moving my way, I'm going to hasten my motion. I don't want them to blow cover just yet. So I'm going to go off that reaction. I know Aring's over there, so with that being my cue, I'm going to go into position. I know they're there. I heard the call. That means they're all going to join. And they're not going to be able to miss this thing once I engage it. 
if they haven't already seen it. Once I hear the call, then it's like, okay, I will do a quick scan to see if I can see any other movement from the group. I don't know where the rest of the group is in relationship to hearing, but if I see any other movement, that's when I'm going to react. I'm going to back up, knock an arrow, and start attacking the creature. Did anybody respond to Earring's call? I would have just looked over, make sure the child is okay. Yeah, you're only 30 feet away. Yeah. <laughs> Madry heard it and started nope. heading that He's way. He's 60 feet away. 60 the feet. child oh, right. is yeah, 30 feet. Yeah. I was 150 feet away. Uh, yeah, you were. Yeah. There is a reply to your call. It sounds more like a belch. <laughs> <laughs> than... So you're moving in the direction of Earring, Madry, correct? And he'll try and catch Dash up in the way that is moving that direction. Moqui? If the child moves, then I'll move. The child begins moving towards Earring. Then I'll follow. Soon the child's by your side, making thrusting motions with the Hecla. Earring waves to the child like, no, and then taps his ear and points in the direction that he heard something. Wait. Child nods. Passing that direction, I imagine Dash will alight himself on Madri's shell. Oh, I'm staying, doing the squirrel thing tree to tree. Okay. Because I've got... A greater height advantage at that point. Sounds good. Can I have a stealth check from everybody? If you're being stealthy, or trying to be at least. 20. <laughs> Dash. 9. 21. 10. Long way, you see the creature skulking about almost comically. It looks like it's trying to stay low, which it has difficulty doing because it is a creature of massive proportions. It's scanning the area with that one eye, the forest floor canopy and then you hear a crashing noise dash you fly from one tree to the other land on a broken branch the branch cracks under your weight you catch yourself before you can fall but it falls right before mokui's feet which causes mokui to jump and he in turn makes a, a great deal of noise once all that noise concentrated into that area happens the one eye immediately whips about in scanning your location, the tree where Dash is, below the tree branches where Mokui is, and it starts rumbling in your direction. I back up and I fire. That is a 21. That will hit. For seven points damage. The creature stops, looks back in the direction the arrow came from, and then Gorum stands and thunders towards the creature, reaching down and grabbing a log as he passes by think of myself so much for ambush (laughs) (laughs) and that's where we'll leave it for this week but before we go you have all earned a level so take the time to level up your characters so that when we return you're ready to play join us next time as the adventure continues on an acorn's journey a dmd story thank you to our cast frank whedon ben petrie bill robitaille Louis Aponte, Sin Morse, and your DM, Scott. A special thanks to you, our listeners. You are why we do this every week. We'll see you next time in the dojo.